every one of you who confesses Jesus as Lord of the universe signs up for a significance beyond anything you ever dreamed. And I mean business men and women here, homemakers, students. To belong to Jesus is to embrace the nations. Your heart was made for this. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Made for Missions podcast, where our heart is to mobilize Christians towards the Great Commission. For more information, go to my website at mikefalkenstein.com. That's Mike Falkenstein, F-A-L-K-E-N-S-T-I-N-E.com. Thanks for joining us. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us for this, the 30th episode of the Made for Missions podcast. I am one of your hosts, Mike Falkenstein, and I'm here again with Ken Watmore. And Ken, it's exciting. We're now at the 30th episode. Yeah, it's a milestone, right? Yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah, I'm sort of assuming that, you know, at least for some people who start a podcast that, uh, you know, in fact, I've heard that, that they, you know, they really recommend to kind of hang in there and try to do it for a full year. Right. And so we're kind of on our way, aren't we? Yeah, absolutely. It's going well. That's great. So you're doing well? Yeah. That's great. Good. Thank you. That's great. You? Yeah. Yeah. Things are going well and we're, uh, we're cranking along with uh, some ministry things and yeah, it's uh here in Denver too, we've had just fantastic weather. I don't know if it, uh, <laughs> you know, kind of expecting some snow, but I, I don't mind the nice weather either. Yeah. You know? It's, uh, it's crazy warm. I mean, it's been it really, really windy, but, uh, outside of that, I mean, we're 60 degrees, 70 degree days. I know. Even in February. Right. And now, yeah, that's now right. we're into March and it's holding on. This is supposed to be our snowiest month. And so far it still feels like spring is on the way. So. Yeah, it really does. So that's been fun. So well, Ken, on the 30th episode of the Made for Missions podcast, we're going to, you know, we've been on kind of this track of, you know, helping people engage with their neighbors, with, you know, local, their people at their work and, you know, trying to help people fulfill the Great Commission locally. Uh, we're going to turn our attention now to the world. And of course, we know that there are just, I'm trying to remember what I heard recently, there's still out of the, the world's 7 billion people, there's some 3 billion who have still not heard the name of Jesus, which is kind of it's kind of hard to believe in it after all these years. Yeah. And with the technology that's out there and, it, yeah. you know, it is hard to put that in your head i think yeah it really is so so we're gonna do a couple of things over the next few episodes we're gonna kind of as we turn our attention to the world of course you know the in this episode we're gonna talk a little bit about what is commonly known as short-term missions trips and so ken i know you're familiar with those a lot of churches they'll go on a short-term basis a week or two to a particular place and uh, try to do ministry and so we're going to kind of give some kind of tips. I think we've got, what, five tips that we're going to give for folks to be able to make a successful short-term short -term missions trip. And then in the next episode, we're going to talk a little bit about a new aspect that we're going to bring to the Made for Missions podcast, which is a Made for Missions country profile. And so we're going to begin to profile countries and give folks a an idea of what's happening in these countries. And, you know, again, with the idea that because our purpose is to mobilize Christians towards the Great Commission, and so to be able to give a, you know, brief history of the country, kind of the history of missions, 
kind of biggest obstacles for growth of Christianity, you know, just to kind of give folks some tools. And so uh, particularly, I think that might be helpful for churches who who want to maybe go to a particular place, maybe they're feeling called, and they can pull up this particular episode and say, yeah, we want to go to Ethiopia, but we don't know much about it, and we're doing research, and so we'll uh, make sure that pops up in the, the Google search, and we'll be a part of uh, mobilizing them successfully. So, so Ken, as we talk this episode about short-term missions trips, what I'm hopeful that we can do is to give folks some practical application. And then I know, you know, we've just talked about that. You're fairly new to some of this, so you can bring some questions in terms of, hey, if if I go on a trip, these are the things I'd want to know. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, so if that sounds good, uh, we'll dive right in. So, you know, short-term missions trips, Ken, are, are, are interesting because on one hand, they can be a tremendous blessing. On the other hand, uh, well, both for the folks on the ground and for those who are going, on the other hand, they can be a bit of a burden, and we're learning more and more about this as we, as we get more mature ourselves in, uh, in some of these things. That you know, in times the people on the ground are reporting that the that the short term mission trip team was more of a burden than they were a benefit. So that's why doing this really well is important, right? Uh, oh, definitely. And I do see where you know having. Uh, leaders that have been involved in the, the particular place you're going and, you know, that, that are kind of even, even having people that are kind of planted there, right. Always on the ground so that it's not like just a short term in and out. It's, there's always somebody, some contact, something's always going on there. Yes. So you're just, you're adding to a working uh, situation already. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, so as we look at uh, helping people do a, a, a successful short term mission trips, I think, the first thing that I would want people to know is, you know, as you're praying about kind of where God's leading and if God's beginning to kind of lead you either as a individual, as a family, or as a church, obviously I would recommend that you pray through where to go. You, as God tells you where to go, begin to prepare well, you know, because it just is another thing to go from your culture to another culture. And so to prepare well, Physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually is, I think, really important. And so being able to pray through that, being able to prepare well are, are good steps. So, Ken, as you think about going on a trip, what are the first things that you think about that you'd want to well, make sure to, to attend to? Sure, absolutely. Well, even first things that I uh, would you know, have questions about is having, you know, I really want to take a short-term mission trip with my family. So, mm -hmm. um, and there's, and I have, you know, I want to take a short-term mission trip probably on my own also, or probably with, you know, my oldest kid or kids. Right. Right. Um, so I have questions that relate to that, right. Um, with, with the whole family missions trip, um, that's probably a whole dynamic. That's a little different than, you know, there's probably only certain things you can do with your whole family. Um, and that's a question, I guess, is okay. are there just, I know that there's levels of uh, intensity on mission trips. You know, I don't know. Yes. I'm, I'm not, I'm as a, as a guy who hasn't been, I guess one of the things I wonder is, you know, is it okay for me to bring my family on a trip to rural Africa um, for their first overall missions experience um, where you're literally going to a village? Now I say that knowing families who have done that and had a tremendous experience. 
and then I uh, I also know that families have gone on particular mission trip where it was just a lot of hard work and um, you know and it probably wasn't appropriate for younger kids. Yes. Um, so so I think that I you know I start to think about that as a as a dad what's you know what's the right trip first for my family to go on and experience, mm-hmm. and then I think about little things like what about so I have a kid who has allergies right mm-hmm. he has really severe allergies. I, I understand on a lot of these missions trip because you're trying to make the most out of uh, what you have there. Like he can't have peanut butter, peanut products, nut products, anything like that. But people eat a lot of peanut butter, right? And uh, oh, right. to sustain themselves and it's easy and it's cheap. What about that? And then what if he, what if there's something else that he has an allergic reaction to when you're in a country that's away from home, what do you do? So mm-hmm. all those are considerations for me to actually not bring my whole family on a missions trip unless oh, I right. know that there's some security in those things. Yes. And then I think, you know, as a person too, how, you know, what to, I, I, and I know you'll address this, right? As far as reading in advance on where you're going and yes. praying uh, through it and physically preparing and kind of knowing what you're getting into in advance. The, and, and as we go through this, I'll have more questions that go to that, but those yeah, are some please. initial quick thoughts as a family guy. Yes. I, um, I appreciate uh, yeah, those. Where, yeah. I, where I would, where I would be considering things from the first point. Yes. So sort of point number one and point number two, kind of the, the first two tips that I have kind of go together and they address your, some of your concerns, Ken. So the, you know, my second point or my second tip is, you know, to go with a reputable ministry, right? Mm, and so yeah. obviously many of those things that you've just mentioned, I would recommend for anyone going to, you know, pepper the organization that you're going to be going with, with those kinds of questions, right? Because right. obviously if they're reputable, if, you know, hopefully they even have some staff on the ground in that particular country, you know, they're going to know the answers to those. And I guess I would also say, conversely, if they don't have answers for those, yeah, that that's don't probably with a, them. Yeah, it's probably a red flag, right? <laughs> right. You know, because yeah, if you're if they're going in new and you're you're obviously new, you know, that's not going to be a win-win for uh, for anyone. So 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 as you go with the reputable ministry, many ministries actually will have a a packet of some kind or reading material of some kind, which will be like for China Resource Center. We've often had a you know, in fact, we do have a kind of a, you know, a, a packet of information that'll just kind of tell you, okay, here's the province in China that we're going to. Here's a little bit of the history. Uh, here's kind of what to expect, you know, and certainly in addition with the reputable ministry, they're going to be able to tell you, yeah, anyone under 12, yeah, yeah probably shouldn't go. You know, so we did that with our own kids when they when they started wanting to come with me to China. We just kind of said, yeah, you can't really come until you're 12. And the reason for that mainly was more just, you know, we're talking about one-fifth of the world's population in one country. Just Chinese cities are very crowded. You've got to handle your own luggage. We're trying to get to a train or, you know. Yeah. And if you've got a little person, you know, that would just be really tough. Or it'd be an additional burden for the parents to be carrying this kid all all over the place or whatever. So, so obviously, if you're going with the reputable ministry, they're going to know the local landscape and they're going to know what's going on. Uh, because obviously, you want to set yourself up and your family up for success, right? And so you want to be able to come back from that trip and go, wow, God really worked. You know, we were able to really feel like we had a, a neat impact 
And uh, obviously, if there's just going to be all these, you know, issues with smaller kids, you know, now there's going to be some trips that, you know, are going to be fine. Like if it's just, I mean, of course, I'm always thinking in the Chinese context, but, you know, in terms of Chinese orphanage in a major city, you know, you're going to stay at a pretty nice hotel. You're just taking a van every day to the orphanage, helping out, and that'd probably be fine, right? you know, for kids. So the... The reputable ministry will help you do some of that uh, research in advance to be able to prepare well. And yeah, I've got here, do some reading in advance of the places that you're going. Again, hopefully the the ministry is going to, uh, that you're going with is going to be able to help you with that. So, and I would say as just a side note for churches, if you've got a church group that you want to go, obviously if you're a larger church and you have had a long history of, you know, going to a place um, you know, you may not need that reputable ministry. I mean, you might be the reputable ministry, right. you know, on the converse side. And I guess this really gets to my point here is that I have also heard of a lot of churches that think, oh yeah, we got this. And on their own, they try to set these things up. And more times than not, if you've not been on the ground and you've not had this opportunity to, to, to you know, to do this before, that's a higher chance of it not going well. Right. you know, then going well. Yeah. So I, I guess I'm taking that as what you're saying is, is if you are a, if you're a group of people that says, Hey, I, re- I want to go do this. It's on my heart to go make a difference in this area, whether you're with a church or just a small group, right? Yes. Um, it, it's probably good to have, if you don't have boots on the ground, so to speak, it's probably good to do an exploratory trip. That's right. And kind of get to know a few people, kind of ask questions when you're there, get the, get the lay of the land and find out what are the, what are the real needs that people have and how receptive are they to, you know, what you want to do Yes, um, and, and go there to ask, you know, we want to help what's really needed, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's right. Maybe is, is it true that maybe sometimes what we see as a need might not really be the, the need that they have more important, you know, the, that's right. I mean, I know that what, what we're trying to bring to them is the gospel of Christ, mm-hmm. but sometimes you, you know, in order to, to share that, um, you're, you're needing to come in with some contribution to what they have already got going on. Yeah, so, that's right. Uh, you that's know, right. You, so in that, you know, what kind of questions do you ask when you're there to find out what, you know, what needs they have? And I, I guess the simple questions are right. What needs do you have? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but, that's uh, right. But yeah. there's gotta be some more to how you kind of prepare and plan, uh, to just start something new. Yeah, that's right. And so fantastic questions. Uh, Let's get to those after our break. We'll let our friend Tom Muller have a few words. And uh, yeah, Ken, you've really set us up well for kind of these next steps of a successful short-term missions trip. Hi, I'm Tom Muller. There may be many of you who are confused about China and the most effective ways of Christian engagement. Mike Falkenstein has written this book for you. There is much confusion and many questions persist about China. Does persecution exist? Can Christians in China worship freely? Is it still necessary to smuggle Bibles? Being outside of China, how can I most effectively pray for and engage in God's work in China? Are China's unregistered churches able to worship freely? Many people are confused by these questions and issues. China is like a huge puzzle with many pieces and moving parts. It's hard to identify all that's happening today in China. In his book, The Chinese Puzzle, Mike gives you the other pieces for a much clearer picture 
of China and her church. To get your copy today, contact Mike at mike at chinaresourcecenter dot org for pricing and shipping options. Contact Mike today. Well, Ken, before our break, you were asking some really good questions about sort of what constitutes a you know setting yourself up for a successful short-term missions trip, right? So maybe we approach it this way, and this gets off my kind of my five points just a little, but I think we're going to still hit them all kind of eventually. So maybe we go to the end and we look at kind of what are we really looking to be able to do, and obviously. What we're looking to be able to do is to be able to contribute positively to the ministry that's already taking place, right? So,、mm-hmm. I think for Americans, you know, we kind of feel like, hey, we've kind of got it going on, and we're going to go to this place, which might be a third world country or whatever, and we can kind of fix what they're doing or come in and、uh, provide some instant answers. And really, I think that's totally the wrong attitude, right? I mean, we what we really need to be is kind of come in with a servant attitude. Hey, what can we do to help, if anything?、Mm-hmm. And actually, the answer to that may be just not much.、Right. But it, you know, <laughs> but you know. So, I mean, God's already doing a thing wherever we're we're planning to go, right?、Mm-hmm. I mean, He's actively twenty four seven already working there. So, for us to come into that, you don't want to be a a positive influence, right? So,、mm-hmm. uh, because a lot of what We hear from people, and kind of what for those of us who are into this full time, what we're hearing is that a lot of times the short term trips are much more of a burden to those on the ground, and so you know just to be aware of that and to come in with a servant attitude, and you know in fact there's even a a movement I think amongst sort of evangelical Christianity to say is a is short are short term mission trips even valuable at all. And if they are, boy, we just have to be very careful about that. And so, so as to your question about, you know, if you've got a church that's wanting to go, certainly send a person or two initially. Even as you're preparing to do that, you know, find out if there are other ministries that are already working there. I mean, again, I'm just such a big fan of. You know, boy, we could do more together than we、yeah. can, sort of individually. Collaboration,、right? yeah, yeah, collaboration for sure. And so,、uh, yeah, don't send a full team initially. Go just kind of, hey, initially it's just going to be me and the missions committee coordinator, and we're going to go and just be learners and sort of understand. So, does that address some of what you were talking about, Ken? It does for sure.、Um, And and again, I I probably strayed us off a little bit and no, it's good and asking questions、good. about like the initial move to a place. Yes,、um, but we we you know we're talking about short term missions and generally speaking, probably talking about places where there's been some involvement already. That's right. You know, and I I do have another. I I, I apologize for taking us on these switchbacks、no, kind of up、content. the hill, right? But、yeah. you know, I know I'm sure you've dealt with someone like this. I know that I'm an alpha personality. Mm-hmm. Now I'm also very good in like when I have done a lot of inner city type outreach stuff, which is where my experience has been, not in short term missions away from here. So,、um, but when I do a lot of inner city stuff, it's really easy for me to take direction and recognize that people already know what's happening, and I'm there to serve and I'm there to listen to them and do what they are telling me needs to be done. All right, because I'm trusting. That they're they've got this thing working. God's already put them in place, and it's my job to listen and contribute by doing what they ask. 
have you dealt with uh, being in a in a missions trip away from home where you have a guy that's an alpha per- and I don't mean just guy it can be a woman just that's as right, easy a person yeah an, an alpha an alpha personality who is kind of a I know what to do to fix things I can take charge and come in and and one I guess from that side how do you deal with that person and two I guess my encouragement and suggestion to people like that would be to to really be praying about how you can be open to just serving under someone instead of trying to be the alpha person that you normally are. Oh, that's right. Yes, that's right. Well, uh, your question brings up a, uh, you know, reminds me of a story that uh, happened to us as an organization. So we had a group of pastors that came with us to do some theological training in China. And the kind of long story short, we got on the ground. The Chinese began sort of preparing for our time once we got there which is very sort of a Chinese thing to do, uh, which has its negatives for us Americans that we, you know, we think, gosh, we've just spent, you know, $2,500 each. We're here. We're ready to go. You know, the pastors are thinking, you know, I've got a, <laughs> I've got my church's money that has gone towards this. And, you know, they want to go, 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 right? They wanted to do a lot of stuff. So two days in when we were on the ground, they began to sort of come come to us with some plans. Well, of course, you can imagine in those two days, these pastors being American kind of, kind of again, alpha type people were very kind of, you know, distraught about this whole thing. And some of them talked about, well, let's just go ahead and get train tickets out of here and kind of bail on this whole thing and whatever. And of course, I was just encouraging them to say, hey, we're here for five days. That's our schedule. Let's just kind of give them our five days, go in with this servant attitude. And and it turned out really fantastic because we went to this rural area and did great training. All the pastors were very happy, you know, but it was two days of this kind of this anguish of, A, they should have been ready for us in advance. B, you know, what are we doing here just sitting in a hotel for two days? So, yeah, so certainly... I guess that's one encouragement I'd have for folks is just kind of go with the idea that you're there for however many, however many days and just allow God to kind of do the work. Mm. Right. So, uh, which kind of gets to my, kind of my, my fourth point, which is, you know, don't go with the attitude of just loving on the people, making them feel important. I think for us Westerners, we, you know, again, we want to kind of we're doers, right? Pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps and this whole American mentality of, you know, we can do it. And that's good. That can be good. Uh, I mean, God can use that for good. But initially, I think just this idea of kind of making them feel important and going with a servant attitude is important because that allows A, God to do what he wants to do. B, obviously, you know, if a lot of short-term mission trips are more of a burden to the people on the ground, you know, we don't want to do that. So we avoid whatever we can to, to do that. And the reason I guess I think short-term mission trips are still super, super important if they're done well, is that I know my story, many stories of people who are now committed to, you know, either serving overseas or, you know, working overseas in some kind of a ministry or missions capacity. In those stories, they have a short-term missions trip kind of start to them, mm-hmm. right? So for me, five weeks in China, absolutely fell in love with the place, felt a very strong call to, you know, to impact China for Christ. And that probably wouldn't have happened, you know, if I hadn't taken the trip. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. So, so that's, uh, so there's still a real value. So 
Ken, as we look at kind of final steps here, there's really kind of, I guess, two things that I'd want to communicate to folks. First is, as you're going, or I should say, as you go, be praying and asking God if he's making a connection between you and this uh, other, these people on the ground, whether it's your church with another church there, your family with a church there, and just be praying for a kind of a long-term connection. I mean, what I, what I really, I, and, that, and that's what people on the ground have repeatedly said to us is, boy, if you're going to come, we'd love to have that heart-to-heart relationship, right? And get mm-hmm. to know you. And you're here every year and over and over. And yeah, I mean, Ken, I'm assuming from your perspective, that's kind of what you'd want anyway, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I've seen that work in a couple different ministry groups that I know of that do, you know, continual work in places. Mm-hmm. And uh, the same people always go back and they are, it's family to them. It's not a, it, it is literally, it's literally part of their family now. Mm-hmm. So they, they're always going back to the same places and they've got a very well organized working machine down there that works with people. Uh, and I say down there because one in particular is in Juarez. Oh, right. They, they have a, I mean, they, they do so, so much work all year round and have, a great system and they're the people in the community that they're serving are they are all their family and uh so yeah i I can i can definitely see that that long-term commitment loving people caring about the people even to sometime put out that you know if the mission is to build a house um sometimes knowing that family is the mission more than the houses at first right oh right to be able to uh, take part in their lives, share in their burdens together, pray together, uh, experience their, their joys and pains together. And all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. is a piece of it all. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, the work, the physical work is, is just an extension of that. Yeah, that's right. And yeah, two quick things about that. One is obviously, yeah, it's particularly cool to begin to know some of these people by name, know how to be praying for them regularly. And then secondly, with, you know, kind of the shifts that we've had in our world today, even people in the, in the most rural areas more and more are either going to have access to the internet or, you know, texting capabilities or, you know, and then obviously if you're working with people in city areas, they'll have access to probably most of that. It just makes it easier to be able to, you know, stay in touch with folks. And, uh, mm. you know, even when you're here back at home, you can still Hey, how are things going? I know we were praying for this, or yeah. you know, just to be able to have that that connection is great. So uh, finally, Ken, I know for me, what was so one thing that was very beneficial is after I came back from my first trip to China, uh, I took just a couple of days just to kind of fast and pray and just kind of ask God, uh, Lord, what is it that you're doing here? You know, because there's, you know, if you've got let's say eight days on the ground in a particular place, those those are going to be pretty packed days, right? And you're very busy and you're trying to fit in as much as you can. And a lot of times it's not until you've come home, you're kind of decompressing, <laughs> you know, mm. just to take some time just to kind of, you know, if you've done a journal during the trip to kind of go back through that and just to kind of, okay, God, I want you to kind of speak to me about what, what you're doing and why I t- took this trip and what is it that you're wanting to say. And then finally, of course, uh, what action steps are you wanting me to take? And that could be, yeah, I want you to go long-term to serve there. B, I want you to be a sender of, of others to this place. It could just be, I want you to be praying. 
you know, there's any number of things. So mm. yeah, you know that I would just really recommend people to just make that a part of the, the process. So uh, Ken, as we, as we finish this episode, any last thoughts from you as it relates to kind of short-term missions trips? Well, I, I still think I have uh, definitely thoughts. And I think maybe as we, as we go through what's coming up where you're, you know, looking at the country outlines and things like that, yes. I'll be able to interject those questions there. Okay. Uh, I do, I, I will say one thing kind of going back to the beginning of this yes, is please. Um, as you're praying to be in advance for a missions trip, I, I think it's probably important to really include and in, in, in involve your family in the prayer Yes, because, uh, you know, maybe you're feeling called to go to a certain place or do a certain thing. And it's easy sometimes for your family to maybe say, yeah, that's a, you, you know, we're going to go along with you, but they, but they might not really be feeling the same thing you are or that calling. And I think that it's really important because if you don't involve them through the process and you've got a family that's really receptive to just agreeing, like, yeah, we're going to support you go, you know, you feel it, go do it. When you get back, I'm going to imagine that that reintegration is a little tougher because now you've not only gone and done something that was on your heart, but you've now committed to something you've been involved and you come back and your family just isn't at that same place. So I think the preparation oh, ahead yes. of time involving your family through the whole process of prayer and consideration and journaling and, you know, is, is super important. And I'm going to guess that that's something you'd say, yeah. You definitely. Oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Especially if you're not going with your family. Right. Yeah. Trying to find ways to involve them as much as you can. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely good. Both. Yeah. Before the trip and then after, because the things you were praying for, you know, before, of course, then you can, you can give them some of the answers to right, right. some of those prayers and what God did. So, uh, well, great. Well, Thanks, everyone, for joining us for this episode. Hopefully, these are five tips that will help you have a more successful short-term missions trip. And again, it's it's a launching point for us to begin looking at what God's doing around the world. Of course, we've got you know unreached people groups that we can be talking about and helping you guys sort of, you know, it's just amazing to me that there are these people groups that have hundreds of thousands of people that have never heard the name of Jesus. And right. So, yeah, it's just... Yeah, it's time to get that job done. So uh, thanks, everyone, for joining us. If you want to contact us, we'd love to hear from you. I'm here at uh, Missions Mike on Twitter. Of course, as you've already heard, uh, my website is MikeFalkenstein.com. Ken is at uh, Ken Watmore on Twitter. And uh, yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll look forward to having you with us on the next episode of the Made for Missions podcast.